Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. What is this, number number two of the week? We're going to do at least three because, well... When you have quarantine football, it comes at you fast, and you got to be on your toes. So as always, my name is Brandon, joined by the ever-present Daniel and Nicholas. Gentlemen, uh, I can see and appreciate that Dan took the time to put a shirt on with sleeves, but Nick, you on the other hand, sir, <laughs> could not be bothered. Yeah, and there explode. goes our YouTube view count. <laughs> Look, man, they exploded <laughs> off. It was the whole thing. I didn't, didn't get a chance to put on a real shirt. Uh, my bad. Or... You know, if you're into this kind of sleeveless thing, you're a treat. <laughs> Very Midwest of you. I can you, appreciate you and Gary Cahill could have uh, gone at it at one point. Yeah, I don't know if I would have had any better time defending Liverpool today than Gary did. It was a rough yeah. one. Yeah, it definitely makes me pick up Patrick Van Anholt. Not a great decision. Uh, but Not great, Bob. Uh, all we're going to do is preview the Man City match. We, we you know, For this one, it's, it's a little bit looser of a show because we went to our social media and Discord community and just said, what do you want us to talk about of, about before we get into this? So that's going to kind of be the overall gist of it. Uh, like we always do, look, we've got an offer, an opportunity, a chance here with signables, and we just, Nick, want to share that. They're supporting us financially. In return, 
we're supporting them and their products because we think you're interested in it. So what do we got for the lovely people out there? Yeah, we typically bring you soccer merch or booze as the two things in this window. So Surprise! I don't know if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so signables, you, you guys have heard all about these over the last uh, handful of weeks. So won't go into a crazy amount of detail, but they do have five uh, player-ready autograph signables uh, for you between uh, Captain America, uh, Christian Pulisic, uh, scorer of goals, Assist Piliqueta, although they should put the full name on the signable, uh, N'Golo Conte, uh, William and Pedro, who have both signed extensions. So, like, we're good for another 30 or so days. It's great. So uh, go to signables.com, uh, code LIB20 for 20% off. We actually have a couple of social posts that, that have our custom links. So if you click on that, that would just be super and, uh, and yeah, let us know if you get one of these and, and we'll, uh, we'll put it on. Yeah, we shared on our Instagram story. Actually, the first recipient got theirs uh, in the mail for doing our contest giveaway. So shout out right. uh, yeah, to them for winning. Uh, I am super guilty, super far behind on our Patreon names. This community has been growing throughout quarantine, which has been fantastic. But since we weren't really doing our shows, I didn't get a chance to really give them the due credit, especially uh, to some of you who have been messaging me over and over about not getting a <laughs> shout out. Here I am delivering. So Michael, Dylan, Parker, Harper, Austin, Logan, Johnny, Preston, Sam, Taylor, Gabriel, Robert, Robert, George, and Callan, which Callan, I think this is your second shout out, but I went all the way back to March just to make sure uh, we got everyone uh, definitely on the Discord, having a blast. That has been fantastic. Uh, I expect that to be hopping during the city match again, especially with a lot of people working from home and quarantining and stuff. So if you need a positive Chelsea community with a lot of different views and a lot of different personalities, this is the number one place to be, I, I promise you. Do, do we get to quickly call out the fact that Brandon sounded like the perfect parent on a field trip? with their kids' class in the way that he roll-called out. (laughs) Raise your hand. Everyone, raise your hand if you're here. Who has their buddy? Does everyone have a buddy? Buddy system. Buddy. Buddy. All right, yeah, I remember that. All right. Um, Dan, I'm out of breath. I'm pitching to you. Mailback-style episode. We're getting trolled by our dear friends over the Mm. pond, and I can't stand for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, our friend JK, who definitely went uh, all natural in the last episode after the Timo Werner signing on the Chelsea Fancast, which is a tip of the hat to him for coming good on his comment, unlike a one Chelsea Yannick who claims he got hacked. JK asked, yeah. should Pulisic start? Was Cheek any good versus Villa? What was up with Reese James? Where does Jorginho fit? Tammy or El Biedro? Does Gilmore get a game now? Alonzo or Dave? Should we buy a center half? Is Christensen too soft? And many, many more. He basically loaded up us with questions, and um, we appreciate that. I don't know if we'll answer all of his. Um, I so think we should. Somebody else's. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, that's a script in its entirety right there. And I love yes, it because this no, is... no, unsure... <laughs> Midfield, Tammy. This is, this is the stuff yes. he pulls out of his Twitter timeline. And he gets so fed up with it. And it's funny that, and I appreciate him coming to us with this kind of a tweet because we can enjoy it and appreciate it for what it is. 
there's other people out there who would lose their mind and you know, you know, take it serious. But the funny thing is th- this is a very good sample of what the discussions being held are. <laughs> like he may have done this facetiously, but this is it. This is Chelsea Twitter right now. And we're going to get into a lot of it. Uh, at Bearded Bunny Akshay saying, what will Nick Verlaney's beverage of choice be if we A, win, B, draw, mm. or C, lose against Manchester City? Uh, which is an interesting little proposition because it is a Thursday and I'm assuming you're working on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. You make a good point about the whole work thing. Um, what a drag. Okay, uh, so if we win, I will definitely be enjoying some uh, Jack Single Barrel, which I have at my place. Dan has yet to mail me my Bluebird Distilling, which I am very upset about. So to, to our friend Spottingham, that's all on Dan. Uh, Freaking Dan. All right, uh, if we draw, I will probably have a nice beer. I'll probably have a nice beer. I think that's a, a draw quality thing. Although a draw means that Liverpool wins the league. So mm. that's not on us. I can tell you I that know. right now. <laughs> and frankly, I would take the point right now. Um, and then a loss. Um, I don't know. Probably water. Shot a fireball. Ugh, no. Exactly. Oh, no, no, no. Cold schlager. So, something terrible. It has <laughs> yeah. to be. It has to be something awful. Heart. Heartburn in a shot? No, no, thanks. I'm good. Uh, I love it. Uh, all right. Um, bef- you know, and then as we get into kind of some of our questions, we again, Nick, I think, kind of mentioned at the beginning, Pedro and William have officially signed these short-term extensions. As I read it, it is just through the end of the Premier League season, so we can assume they are gone come Champions League. Uh, so they will be here probably to the end of July. And then it sounds like Pedro will be going to Roma and William will be going to another team in London. Let's just be honest. That's that's how that's going to end. Um, all right. Attack time. The Vanilla Gorilla is back. And at P underscore blues. Dan, they want to know, are we going to see Reese, Tammy, and Pulisic start this game? What about Georgina? Does he come back in the lineup? What is the formation going to be? I think these get the question here is how much rotation is Frank bringing to it? If they didn't start last game, is that a pretty good sign they're going to start this game? I don't think so. I actually, I, I think this is going to make Nick super happy, but I think Drew is going to start again. I think even though Tammy is <laughs> a bit, bit of a speedster relative to Drew, I just, I think we're going to want to muscle around the second tier of city defenders potentially uh, you know otamendi is always good for a potential penalty giveaway or red card so uh, fingers crossed that one of if not both of those things happen for us i think pulisic looks good and now that we know that william and pedro are both here you're probably getting at least one of them going so that's kind of where i feel it's gonna go nick but you can agree or disagree but i think there's gonna be more agreement this time than usual yeah i mean think back to the the city match in uh what was it november i think or yeah it was early november right after we went on that uh nice little winning streak at the beginning of the season i i think it's really hard to not match city with three in midfield right because they just get to the point where they're kind of like liverpool and they overwhelm the midfield control the ball for a large port portion of the game and you end up chasing shadows a lot. And I don't think Frank's going to want to do that. And in fact, when we played Liverpool and city this year, the reason those games have been close is because our midfield has typically measured up um, in, in a pretty solid way. So I would anticipate 
that you're going to see some rotation for sure. I don't know if it's if it's going to be kind of everyone who came on as a sub is now a starter. So I don't know if you're going to move Ross Barkley, Tammy Abraham, Pulisic, and Reese James into the starting spot right away. But I'm pretty sure they're going to try and match up in the midfield. Um, and I have a sneaky suspicion that Billy Gilmore is going to sit as our sixth tomorrow. And I think wreak havoc uh, from a passing standpoint in the game. I suppose as bold and ridiculous of a statement that is, Nick, that City have the least physical midfield probably in the Premier League, comparatively. Against Burnley, they played Rodrigo, who got destroyed by Ederson. So, or wait, no, it was Garcia. Never mind. But they've got Rodrigo, Bernardo Silva, and David Silva, which is not a big midfield. So he would have some chance. And again, their attackers tackling back on him, Mares, Phil Foden, um, Ilkay Gundogan, De Bruyne, Sterling, Jesus, Sané, not big guys. So maybe I think you could see him fit in if you're looking at it from that angle. You're, you're almost certain that De Bruyne is going to play tomorrow at some level, whether he's a sub or, or a starter. So it's not going to be their most lightweight midfield. My guess is that they're going to play Rodrigo, um, Gundogan, and De Bruyne in the midfield because Silva started last game. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're just going to measure that up, I would rather have Billy as our six, who's a little bit more mobile, um, especially if we get into a counterattack situation, um, than Jorginho, because I, I just I don't know if that's a great matchup personally for me. Well, and we have to think about the fact that Jorginho hasn't played any competitive football yet. He's coming off of his suspension. So that is one thing where, yeah, you know, Villa is potentially a good ramp back into playing football. I don't know if City is the one team that you want to basically plop back in with having played no minutes yet. I just I don't think that that sits right with me, and I think that's something Frank will have to consider. Well, Nick, I can't remember because I was reading things on Manchester City's results against Burnley. If you said who'd be the striker, I'm not sure about Ali Giroud. I mean, they have Fernandinho and, and Otamendi. Then they could pull in Laporte. They could pull in Walker maybe but for the most part their center backs with Fernandino and Otamendi are pretty slow so I do think that's an opportunity to exploit with Pulisic and Mount or William on either wing uh, attacking them as well very directly um, because we know how far they push up their outside backs that's always been a gap in City's team the problem is getting it off them and and being able to hit a pinpoint pass and, and running at them um so I, I do like the idea of the mobility of hitting on the counterattack. Um, you know, if I were to play devil's advocate, you could say, well, Giroud's the best holdup player. You could hit it up to him, and he could lay off to the runners coming off him. But from an attack, I look, bias, understandably, but I want direct players. So maybe that's a Pedro and Pulisic, some of the most direct players that just put their head down and go to goal for the city to hit on the counter. Um Maybe maybe that's the way to set up the attack, but I, yeah, I guess I the striker. It's weird thinking that maybe the striker isn't as set as it was before. It was like, oh, it's Tammy's show. Now we're like, well, I don't, I don't know. Drew Drew offers a lot. He signed an extension. Maybe we should let the guy do his thing. He also thing. scored a goal too. I mean, he just I, scored I heard a goal. that <laughs> deflected 
deflected. Okay, lucky. It, it plays into our next question, right? Which is uh, Pete Herman asking if we're going to use a different formation to try and stifle City's attack. I personally don't think so. Like he, he clearly Frank clearly has a, a four back set now. So I was definitely wrong in my prediction of that last week. But I, I think Dan, maybe the the point here is that at least for me, I think we're going to try and and mirror their formation and maybe try and man mark De Bruyne like like Conte did with uh, with old Grealish. Man, Conte Whack versus Jack, right? De Bruyne would be very fun to watch. I mean, you don't often get to watch two of the best midfielders in football go up against one another. And best on I, best, yeah. Yeah. Anytime you can get that as a for the neutral fan watching the match tomorrow or watching it today when we have to release this, that is gonna be a joy to watch. You don't it's it was like Peyton versus Brady, right? Getting to watch that, you know, year after year, some of the best football ever. As Brandon Smirks. If you say so. Fuck, I didn't watch Peyton versus Brady. That's Believe on us. me, though. Um, Many touchdowns between them. Quite good quarterbacks. <laughs> Great. Love it. Uh, we'll talk about the defense. You've got your back three or five versus back four. And I was actually talking to people on Discord, Nick, is do you want Alonzo isolated on the left in a four-back set in this match? Absolutely not. Do you think he's going to play Emerson? That would be kind of a big surprise. So if you do go three-back set with two of Zuma, Christensen, Rudiger, you slot Aspian. But again, we have to assume, can Reese James even play on the right wing? He didn't look like it in the last match. At least then you have some opportunity to be plus one at the back. But again, I don't think he has the depth to do that. So it kind of forces you into a four-back set. At least yeah. that allows you to have three in the midfield to try to match them man for man rather than getting overloaded with five yeah. defenders and only two center mids. Even if Angola Conte is in there, he's got to be fatigued. If, if, um, if you were watching the City Burnley match, and I only caught the highlights, but uh, it's it wasn't pretty for Burnley to let them to sit back and let City come on to them. So. My hope is that Chelsea Dan plays aggressively tomorrow, that they try and press where possible, although we're not nearly as good of a pressing team as City is just due to the amount of years that they've had to work on that as a team structure. And we pressure, you know, much like much like us, their back line is not always the the best, right? I think they you know, these two teams are actually kind of eerily similar, except that City is far more clinical when finishing their chances. Um, but I, I think there are, there's a lot to like from from our side going forward, especially if there's rotation. Um, Mendy not been great. Cancelo not been great. Zinchenko uh, abysmal. Um, so I don't know, Dan. I think there's something there for us. I actually think we'll go back four. We'll have a healthy Reese James in the right back spot. You'll move Dave over back to left back. You don't have the option for Tomori, so I guess it's probably going to be Zuma and Rudiger. I think we really missed having Zuma in there, and I think Zuma is also able to, um, you know, it's just better in the air. You know, he, and if we think about, you know, whether it's um, Walker or whether it's Zichenko or whether it's Mendy, they're going to want to run down the ring, wings and cross into the box, and we need to have a little bit of a stronger 
aerial presence in this match. And, you know, both Rudiger and Christensen, that is not a highlight or a hallmark of either of their games. So I think we we can do enough defensively this match, and we just got to hope that we're not giving away a bunch of set pieces or corners where we're giving them the option to, to set and really try to play us tough in their name. Look, either way, um, look, City, they're not a big crossing team, though. When I when you say crosses, it's usually crosses on the ground uh, yep. or in behind the defense, right? Crosses don't have to be in the air, and that's what they're so good about, or finding the, the late runner through the box, right? They'll cut back to the top of the box for those crosses. And that's where we can't have that lapse that we had last match against Villa, the not tracking markers. City will just pick you apart. They will destroy you if you let people run free in and around the box. And that is something that we can't can't allow. So shout out to Milhouse and and Ahmed for um Ahmed Bangura one on Twitter for for throwing us the defensive questions. By the way, I think Christensen starts tomorrow. Glad you I got have that a very in. Strong feeling about that. I <laughs> I wouldn't have gone that way. Uh, but Zuma Ahmed even saying our defense makes me extremely nervous. Understandably so, my man. Like I get it. <laughs> to be fair, City makes most defenses nervous, so that's not just us. All right, Erith Mogul and Gana Zagina. I gotta talk to him and figure out what his name is. He's from Brazil. Uh, what keeps Pep up at night? What about Chelsea will worry Pep, Nick? Will he try and boss the field, or do you think Pep will try to exploit us elsewhere in our team setup? Um, if I were Pep and I watched Chelsea play against Villa, I think I would be worried about Christian Pulisic, um, just given the fact that I don't, I don't think that, especially if he's on the left, I don't think that City have a great option on the right or right center back. Um, do they still have Zabaleta? They do not. Um, <laughs> It's not 2013, so they do not. Um, I think the um, the midfield would be will be interesting. I'm not. I'm not saying he'll be like overly concerned, but Chelsea started playing some pretty attractive stuff. Uh, probably you know right before the goals, but certainly I would say the end of the first half and into the second half. And I think we got a little tired at the end, to be completely honest. But um, I, I think there's some some midfield worries there, and you know. I would just be really worried about Keppa, man, because he's going to come up with the biggest saves of his life tomorrow. He's going to be the the match winner for us. Predicted here first, Keppa. I'm going to. Is it going to be a penalty stop? Is it going to be just a regular save on a set piece? Standing on his head. We're talking about. I I think I think he is going to stand on his head tomorrow and produce a wonderful performance. Okay, your lips to God's ears, please. (laughs) You know, I think. I think, like most teams, Pep has to worry about the counterattack. And with Chelsea's quality, potential, because you're not really sure what Frank's going to go with, there's a lot of potential on the counterattack. We've even seen Tammy Abraham turn it on and go. And so that's where, if I'm Pep, just making sure that maybe Fernandinho is having a little extra depth. Maybe Rodrigo say, hey, maybe just hang out a little bit more today. We don't need... This isn't Burnley. We don't need you inside their box. We need you to to hang back. I think that's where Chelsea's biggest opportunity uh, to exploit Manchester City, which is what we did, you know, last time we whooped them, you know, with Ed Nazard and and William hitting them on the counter and stuff like that. So I'd also be tremendously worried, Dan, about Barkaldino. So Fernandino better be ready 
He's coming. Barcaldino brace tomorrow. Just please run stop. up the ridiculous. Get, text Marco. I want these bets placed. I want money. <laughs> Here, here's the is. thing I would be worried about if I had watched the Villa match is it seems like one of the hallmarks of Pep's teams have been that they are willing to tactically foul the shit out of other teams and engage in the dark arts of disruptive football. Our team looked very willing to do that against Aston Villa in a way I don't think many of us have seen in quite some time. Big and fan. if we are there disrupting in a way that other teams don't with smart fouling, I think that is going to impact the way at which City play because they're not used to playing teams that will try that on them. So that is the thing I would be concerned about if I were Pep. Do you think we enter into a foul off with them? 100%. I think it, I think it, we think about the, the history of these matchups the past couple of years. These have not been, you know, outside of the, the six nil rubbing. Yeah. They, these matches have not been friendly in any capacity. And while we don't have some of the characters of the crazy, uh, you know, uh, red card inducing shoving match in the 90th minute heading into extra time that we did a few seasons back, Nate Dog coming in and just showing a grow to the ground. I, I think that. It, I think it's still going to be a, a very good – the players are going to be up for it, regardless of what lineup goes out. And I, I think we'll counter with a pretty strong lineup. So if I, – and I think Pep's wording about the FA Cup prioritization is all just mind games. He's going to come out with a strong lineup, and it's going to be a, a fierce tour de force of Premier League football. Yeah, man. Pep, Pep does not want Liverpool to win the title t- tomorrow. Like, and neither does Chelsea, to be fair. <laughs> but b- I think the interesting part about this, Brandon, is that for us, we need these points. The pressure is on. Like, it is, for me, like, for me, like, this is a super important game. To even get a point out of this would be huge. You know, we'll talk about the run-in later. But, I mean, we saw what United did today and that Wolves have won two on the bounce. So... Pressure's on, so we got to win this one. Well, a lot of a lot of pressure. You know, talking about getting ready for it, road to recovery. Uh, Taylor Ball, birthday boy, shout out to you, sir. Sharing up, a birthday dude? with Woo. the goat, Messi. Uh, tweets regarding the team news that was recently revealed. Do y'all think they all recover in time for the crucial running? No. But right, it's a it's a lot of games. <laughs> but and I think that's part of it. It's like this sucks to get behind at the beginning. I read off the fixtures like a week or two. It's it's after Leicester City. It's every three days, and I think maybe it's, it's starting with Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It just it doesn't stop until the end of July. So it is. It's so hard for these guys to be able to recover, Dan, to be able to get to a level of fitness that they can actually contribute in a positive manner. Lampard's even talking about how Callum Hudson-Odoi is fit, but he's not match fit, or he's healthy, but not match fit. So you don't even know when we're going to see Callum in this run. But, you know, I'll let you answer Taylor's question however you would like. That's the biggest concern is I think there is going to be a very short window after we finish the season to when matches resume again. Like there's not going to be the typical layoff of multiple months where we don't have any football. We're going to have a champions league match sometimes in August that we need to figure out still. And so 
you know, I, I don't know if Callum or Tamori are able to contribute in the way that we hope they would through the remainder of the season. But what I, what I, and I think that's why we probably made the right offer to Blaine and Pedro to keep them around. Because I think if Callum was fit, he's the player you would want to give some time to in that scenario, Nick. And so the signing of both Pedro and William for the remainder is indicative to me that we might not see Callum for a sustained period throughout this fixture list. Yeah, I, I think it's a good shout. And I th- it's just, you you look at the matches so far, and I think the teams who have had more depth have typically come out of these on the better side. So, you know, I think while Wolves may not be super deep at every position, they do have some quality backfill City obviously has a ridiculous squad. Liverpool uh, has a pretty good squad. So there is a um, th- there is a worry, but I also think that, you know, the FA Cup string is going to be weird. You know, I, I know that we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. It'll be interesting to see what players are, are used for that run versus others because typically in the past, especially in the early rounds of the FA Cup, we've seen a whole different kind of lineup for Chelsea. And so I'm wondering if there's, you know, maybe that's where Pedro and, and, uh, and you know, Fakayo, if he's healthy, and, and maybe some of those players really feature. Barcaldino, for sure, is an FA Cup starter. So that's, yeah, I, I, there is something to that, for sure. Well, speaking of the FA Cup, uh, J-Dubs was asking about our thoughts. Do we think Frank will prioritize the FA Cup with a more winnable match in our Premier League, or with more winnable matches in our, our Premier League fixture list. So he's essentially saying after Manchester City, he thinks it's pretty winnable. Well, the good news is if you got West Ham and Watford on, you know, back to back after this, which if you don't pick up six points from that, we might as well pack it up and go home fourth place. Come on, City ban. And then you've got Crystal Palace, Sheffield, Norwich, Liverpool, Wolves. So you've got a run of five matches, right? Yeah, five matches before you get into Liverpool Wolves. We don't want to leave anything to then. Because Liverpool, I guarantee you, remembers when we helped put them to the sword and beat them to the title in Stevie G's slip season. If they can do anything to screw us over from getting top four, you better believe they will be up for it, without a doubt. Uh, And so I think, to me, while I love winning trophies, I love the FA Cup, Nick, I the way that it's structured within this crazy compact fixture list I just don't see how it can be the priority right now with how close the race is. I mean if we go if we draw we're now 3 points ahead of United but they're ahead of us in goal difference. They're, the the margins are very thin right now. Yeah, it, that's the the point, right? And to me look I think there's a chance that the FA Cup, you know, like is just not the priority. And if I were if I were running the club and I had to prioritize finishing top four or going on an FA Cup run, and I knew that I was bringing in a high price signing or two already, and I was looking to make maybe one or two more, Champions League football is the thing that will help us get over the line with those signings. Um, and to me, that that has to be the priority. I hate sounding like a Wenger failure specialist type person, but uh, fourth place 
or you know whatever third place if if Lester keeps slipping uh is is far more valuable to us in the long run and will help this club grow faster than a FA Cup trophy which I know is asinine to say Dan but I I'm just being realistic it's very likely that Brandon Rogers is going to be a little conservative with the FA Cup match as well I mean he has to think about the fact that he's watching his team's form seeing mixed performances to start off and thinking about the difference for a club like Leicester to get Champions League football and to not have Champions League football is massive. It is an absolute, it would be an absolute travesty and an injustice of management for them to not focus on top four more so than us. You know, I think everything you said is right and that I still feel very confident that we are going to finish it in the top four this season Nothing of what I saw from Leicester the other day makes me feel good about them actually staying in the top four, even if they prioritize the Premier League over the FA Cup. So I actually think we're going to go hard in both. And I think we have enough squad depth at the moment, barring any injuries tomorrow or today of the match, to actually get both done. You're crazy. I You're such an optimist <laughs> right now. Like, good, I guess. I I I don't know if we have the squad depth for that. I mean, the good news is, right, so Leicester has won one of their last five. The wild thing is they're plus 30 goal difference. So they have a healthy lead on us in United. Um, they clearly had a hell of a first half of the season. There's no... Well, and they have a, a far better defense than any of the other teams at the top four race, too. So they lost to Manchester City, which is forgivable. Forgivable. Then they lost to Norwich, which is not forgivable. <laughs> they pummeled Villa, which is their win. They've, since the restart, drawn Watford 1-1 and drew Brighton 0-0 most recently. So your point, Dan, I think while we are always focused on ourselves, if you do open up and think, well, what about the teams around us? Obviously, United are going to think they're hot shitting onto something when that's clearly not the case. Leicester, though, they've got to be worried. You know, they've got two points from the two matches since they've been back. You know, Chelsea have got three, hoping to get at least one more before we go into that match. Uh, I don't know much about Leicester's depth, though, so they might be having a tough decision to decide which way they go, and they're probably going to wait to see how difficult of a match it is. Is this physically grueling with Manchester City? Is this the days of Nathaniel Shalaba pushing Sergio Aguero because these tackles are flying in? Or is this more of a, um, you know, Spanish style affair where everyone just passes the ball around each other and they don't really throw any tackles? I just, I don't know yet. But to me, I would, again, think that we could, you would prioritize the Premier League. That doesn't mean you can't put in a, an effort for the FA Cup too, but I don't know, there's a lot. Millhouse, he's back. How much will clinching the league for Liverpool hurt your souls? I am going to not take this one first. Cool. Well, L Liverpool clinched it themselves by winning the games that they did. So we are not securing anything that they haven't secured themselves over months and months of really good football before coming back down to earth post-restart mostly, and needing to just get it across the line here. This is 
this is them unfortunately getting what we thought was going to happen and uh yeah darkest timeline confirmed darkest timeline confirmed nick it's it's not competitive so i don't really care and the fact that we had the break and we got to make fun of them that we might go away and be like disbanded like i enjoyed that they've like this hasn't been enjoyable for them like they've had to suffer to this and so for that like i kind of laugh they're not gonna get have the fans not gonna have a parade they're not going to have celebrations. So this is, it's a title and you can't take it away from them, but it's the shittiest way to get a title. It is the most Liverpooliest title of any title that could be awarded. A <laughs> yeah, I, I just, look, they deserve it. I, I hope it happens tomorrow because we secure three points against City and that boosts our chances. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about us yeah. you know, because the the thing that we should all be focused on is what Chelsea can become over the next two or three years if we have Champions League football and some of these transfers go the right way because we will be an absolute force if that happens. So just focus on us. All right. You can let us know how much it hurts you in case it does, but we're trying to take the Chelsea-centric role on this one. Uh, Jamie O'Friar on Discord saying, with eight matches remaining, what do you guys think the magic number we need from those games to ensure top four? And I appreciate this discussion was already going on in our Discord. Okay, yeah. Dan was getting involved. I added a comment with really no value at all, just more of an observation. And Nick was weird. nowhere to be seen. So this would be... <laughs> also weird. <laughs> this will be a good time to discuss it. So eight matches remaining... Um, oh, and shout out to who who did this? They're in our Discord. Dylan Piccolo. Yes. It, so it's an image showcasing strength of schedule for people who are listening. Yep, strength of schedule per Dan. So he essentially he ranked the average rank of the opponents uh, that we have to play, that that Leicester has to play, that United have to play, that Wolves had to play. Um, and so what he kind of came up with here is the fact that. Um, the average rank of opponent, it, Leicester, is 9.7, which they have the hardest strength of schedule. Chelsea are second with a 9.9 average ranking. United have the third easiest with a 13.6 average ranking, which is a pretty big jump from 9.9 to 13.6. Yeah. And then Wolves have the fourth with a 10.4 average. I apologize. Wolves are third. United's fourth. United has the easiest run-in based on table ranking. Leicester and Chelsea by far have a much more difficult one. So with that being said, the magic number, Dan, can you tee us up? You're the numbers guy, all right? Well, if we're looking at where we need to be, it is going to have to be... So the projection like for 538 probability-wise was 65 points was where we end the season with United at one point behind us with 64. Um that makes sense to me. I mean, you think look at it right now. Technically, we've got three. If we if we claim all three points, that would put us at fifty four points in fourth place. Um, if you know, we would then be one point behind Leicester in level on games, and then really, I mean, seventy points. I think is the maximum now for United. So seventy one points is where you need to be, which means we would need. Uh, 19 of the remaining points out of the 24. So 79% of available remaining points would have to be claimed to basically just put it out of touch with no United 
winning uh, any more or winning and us kind of losing any or dropping any results. Nick, I kind of see it again. We don't know what's going to happen with Manchester City. You assume you're not going to get full points again. Then you have West Ham, Watford, Crystal Palace, which they're ninth, but they're really not a great team. If you're doing well, Sheffield, who were sixth and fifth, or now eighth, they Boy, they are they just tough. falling like a rock. Uh, yeah. And then you get to Norwich, who should be relegated by then. So hopefully they are on the proverbial beach, just long gone, could care less, embarrassed of their performance. Uh, the Pookie party has long officially ended. Liverpool, who should be wasted and could care less what they're doing at this point, unless they can ruin our day, they will show up for it. And then obviously Wolves. Heaven forbid there's anything riding on that Wolves game, Nick. That would be the absolute worst situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, look, at to me, I I don't think we're going to beat City. Uh, just throw that out there. I, I think if we get a draw out of it, that's a good result for us. So then you... If Dan's math holds up, win West Ham three points, so the, uh, four points, uh, win Watford seven, beat Palace, which seems very doable at this point, uh, gets you up to ten. Sheffield, uh, I'm I'm not worried about that one anymore. They look like they're dead in the water, uh, which would get you up to thirteen. So sixteen with a win at Norwich, needing essentially one more point out of Liverpool and Wolves to kind of clinch that spot. Uh, you know, I it's going to be tough, man. I, I mean, think about some of these results that we blew early in the season that could really come back to haunt us if we don't take care of business. I mean, that's the it's the thing that's always on my mind. That's why I'm the the yang to Danzy in on this because I'm I'm worried, man. I think United United played Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, Southampton, Palace, West Ham, Leicester. That Leicester United game could be really interesting at the end of the year um, or the, at the end of the season, I should say. So uh, I don't know, man. I, who knows how the form's going to go or if there's major injuries or any any of the number of things that could happen. But, yeah, I think Dan's point about 17 points out of the 24, that's, that's going to be tough. The best the scenario that we could get into is where the last two matches don't matter at all. That and then you can run out. Correct. More yep. youth players. You can give. I mean, Frank and Jody would literally like take the bus to Cobham and load up like the U15s and the U16s, have them come in and field an entire lineup of just them for those last two matches. Like that is the dream scenario. So the the ultimate story here, Brandon, is just take care of our own business. Let Lester drop out of the top four. They've got a much tougher fixture list get up to third place and then not have to worry about anyone behind us. Yeah. Look, this team has shown some resiliency, uh, obviously coming back from being down against Villa unnecessarily. We've seen it a few times. I think that's the heartache that it gives you, Nick, is that a lot of times the team will go down or drop to level before they kind of have that, that late kick in the match and go for it. But we have seen it. I think the team, they understand what's on the line. Frank knows what's on the line. Uh, they, they just got to take care of business and get it done. It's doable. That's the good news. We're not sitting here going, man, I really hope Manchester United drop six points because we're chasing them. Like We are in fourth. We're in the driver's seat. 
we have to go take care of business. And that's and that's what we have to do. And that's what Frank and the boys have to do. And it starts with the match today against Manchester City. So anyways, uh, we hope you are hyped just like we are. Thank you to everyone on Twitter and Discord for sending us questions. Um, we hope we can kind of get you a little in the festive mood for this one uh, if you can get to it before the match starts. And then obviously we will be back again tomorrow with a match review of <laughs> Manchester City because... Let's be honest. What else do we have to do right now? Nothing. Yeah, not Nothing. literally. That, that was it. So anyways, Chelsea fans, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you to our listeners. You are the best in the world. Uh, hit us up if you have questions about joining the Discord through Patreon. Nothing else, Dan, Nick, gentlemen, thank you so much. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.